What is up, everybody? Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Uh, got a little bit of pumpkin carving in, getting ready for the Halloween weekend coming up. Uh, if you guys are in a development or a township where kids trick-or-treat on the Friday before Halloween, which is actually on a Sunday, I never really understood that, nor do I agree with it. Uh, because kids are trick-or-treating on not actually Halloween. Not a huge fan of it, but guess what? You, you can't pick and choose uh, where what your township does. I mean, I guess you technically could if you absolutely chose where you wanted to live and had absolutely no monetary repercussions for that, but that's the life that I'm currently in. Great pumpkins getting carved. Hope you guys all enjoyed the Halloween festivities, whether it be party, uh, whether it be a party, whether it be... Uh, getting together, whether it getting dressed up for trick or treat, uh, what have you. I hope you guys enjoy it. We have had a wonderful week seven of the NFL football season. We still have Monday night football to go. As it always goes in the recap show, I will give you my best bets for the Monday night football game tonight with between the Saints and the Seattle Seahawks. However, let's start with the recap. Uh, for another great episode of the All In Man Cave podcast. You guys know that I am your host, Cole Haight. Let's hop right in to these games that we saw, experienced, and or you haven't even heard the recap, so you might be hearing it for the first time. So let's start it up. Number one on the list, the Packers beat the Washington football team 24-10. to Whoa, a lot of stuff going on in this football game. A lot of weird things going on in this football game. Number one, Taylor Heineke was the leading rusher of the Washington football team, and Antonio Gibson actually played and seemed like he was somewhat healthy. Very interesting. Uh, We went through it in the injury pod uh, in the middle of the week. However, uh, Antonio Gibson and scary Terry McLaurin both played in this football game. Uh, Why was Taylor Heineke the leading rusher? He had 10 carries for 95 yards. Uh, Washington had many opportunities in this football game to make it close. Uh, they had five drives in Green Bay territory, all ended up in a whopping total of zero points. That would be, I believe, four, uh, four and outs. Uh, within close, there was two drives. They were inside the five, went for it on fourth down and did not get it. Taylor Heineke threw a pick in the end zone as well. It's just you can't you can't do that especially against the Green Bay Packers uh, that right now are being told and the story is being told that they're a great football team. Uh, I, I I'm not going to doubt that they're that they're good uh, and I'm not going to question that that team is good. However, uh, there's holes in that football team. Uh, they they've been scraping by, winning pretty decent games as of right now, uh, and basically during their entire six week their six-week uh, winning streak. So uh, the Packers run game very bad in this football in this football game. Their running backs only had, uh, and by their running backs, I mean the two that take most of the carries, whether that be A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones, both rush for combined, rush for less than two yards a carry, as well as less than 30 yards. Aaron Rodgers was the second leading rusher in this football game. So the Packers are going to have a big game next week when they take on the Cardinals. I'm not sure exactly. I didn't take a look at the slate yet for next week. I'm not sure if they're home or away in that football game, but it's going to be a good game to watch. So that's something we need to take 
take a look at. Aaron Rodgers played Aaron Rodgers-like, very efficient, uh, multiple touchdown passes. Devontae Adams was involved, uh, but nothing off the nothing off the the chain, uh, as the kids would say nowadays. So let's see what transpires. Uh, with the Packers moving forward into their into their very hard schedule, the uh, Vikings have the hardest remaining schedule in the NFL. The Packers have the second hardest schedule remaining. So we'll see how they play against better football teams. They've struggled against average to above average football teams. However, uh, when they start playing the the likes of the Rams, the Cardinals, and then a lot of the divisional games, even if it's just the Lions, uh, like I mentioned multiple times, the NFC North has some really good games. So we'll see how that uh, how they do moving forward. But the Packers got a big win this week. Next on the list, everybody's shocked. Uh, the Tennessee Titans defeat the Kansas City Chiefs 27-3. to uh, This was probably, and like I've mentioned multiple times on the podcast, I've watched a lot of Kansas City football games, especially within uh, basically my entire life. One of my best friends, huge Kansas City fan, like I've mentioned multiple times. But I've watched a lot of Kansas City games, almost every Patrick Mahomes game so far. This was probably his worst game. Probably that he's played, even including the Super Bowl, where he made multiple good plays and his his players did not bail him out. He had a very bad fumble. Uh, he had another pick. He actually is tied for the lead, the league lead in interceptions for starting quarterbacks. Not something that you typically would link to Patrick Mahomes. Their defense looked bad. This game was this game had the potential to be way worse than what it was. The score was twenty seven nothing at halftime. Uh, Patrick Mahomes gets dinged up. I don't know if you guys may have saw it or not seen it. You can look it up on YouTube. I saw it on uh, NFL the NFL's Instagram page. I uh, took a knee to the helmet, snapped his neck back a little bit. Uh, Andy Reid in his press conference after the game said that he had the ability to come back and come and play in that game. However, uh, well, he had the ability to come back in on from a health standpoint, uh, but Andy Reid left him out for a precautionary measure. I don't blame him. They just didn't look good all day. Uh, but what I did project in our preview for the Week 7 games did come true. I thought that Derrick Henry would be held in check. Now, he did have 86 yards rushing on 29 carries. That's three yards a carry. That's not very good in terms of Derrick Henry. Uh, and he did have a touchdown pass in this game, uh, similar to uh, a pass that the Chiefs have done in the, in the past. Not sure exactly who it was, but the, the run up the middle, fake stop, and then throw it to the tight end going over the top, pretty close to the goal line. Uh, pretty good uh, specialty play called by – called by that by the Tennessee Titans. So uh, the thing is is that the the Chiefs knew how the Titans were going to play and they played exactly the way you would think they would uh with a- almost no hiccups. They're good off the play action. Uh Ryan Tannehill's not very good out of the shotgun. If you can hold Derrick Henry to non-productive stats, you should be able to stop the Titans which they did not they were not able to do. Uh, the under did hit in this game. I projected uh, that the I had first I had said the under, then I kind of squeaked over to the over. Uh, I should have stuck with my gut on that one, and I apologize if any of you took that bet. However, uh, the Chiefs just don't look good right now, and and I don't know I don't know where they start. 
there's a lot of issues. They can't run the football effectively. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is making very uh, not. They're not even bad decisions. They're just not like Patrick Mahomes decisions. There's a thing that happens in the NFL when you play a certain type of way for that long. You are then criticized for being better than average. Uh, and there are multiple quarterbacks that played this this week that played way worse than Patrick Mahomes, yet he's taken the most amount of heat. Kind of comes with the job when you're labeled the the mini goat and or the best quarterback in the league. Kind of comes with the with the with the with the job with the title. But uh, you got to take a look at the Chiefs. They play the Giants next week on Monday Night Football. It's it's uh, you, if they lose to the Giants, you are in a hundred percent panic mode. I mean, people are putting them in panic mode right now. I wouldn't do that. Uh, let this team see how they respond to adversity. Uh, they got a few losses. They're not used to it. Let's see what happens. They had a whole week to prepare. They were riding on high momentum, which is what would lead me towards the panic side. But I've watched this team play uh, on a week-to-week basis pretty much the last seven to eight years. So I- I'm not I'm not a big overreactor in terms of that. I-, I know they had a bad game. Everybody has a stinker. The Packers had a stinker week one. They lost 35-3 to to the Saints and Jameis Winston. And then, and then they won six in a row. So let, let's see how the team responds after this shocker uh, because the Tennessee defense, who's not that good, played outstanding. And I don't still, to this day, right now, to this second, I cannot figure out how the Tennessee defense held the, the Chiefs to that few, few amount of points. I've never seen the Chiefs score less than 24, I don't think. While, at least while Patrick Mahomes has been their quarterback. And if it's happened, it's happened only a handful of times, if that. All right, moving on. The Falcons beat the Dolphins 30-28 to on a young way coup. Home run field goal at the end. You like that link there. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are in the uh, in the World Series, so I figured I'd throw that little tidbit in there. Young Wei Koo hits it. Uh, they did stop a, uh, a partially block a field goal against the Dolphins as well in this game. Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts, complete impression. They they were very impressive in this football game. Uh, I've, I've, I think Matt Ryan's been sliding under the radar the past few weeks. His first three weeks were a bit shaky, and Kyle Pitts seemed like he had a slow start as well. Kyle Pitts, 163 yards receiving in this game. Matt Ryan, efficient and over 300 yards again. Um, you, you, people are going to talk about their opponents. It's not about the opponent in the NFL that much. It, the 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 Dolphins are not a bad football team. They did play the Jets and the Giants, which we'll get to both of their games soon. But the Falcons are playing well, and and it's it's due to a lot of weird reasons. Uh, Cordero Patterson, uh, complete up, complete. He's he's outperforming anything I expected from him on this football team. Uh, but the one thing I want to point out is Calvin Ridley has not performed this this season. People that have picked him up in fantasy relatively early. I had him projected. Uh, if you had, if you were in a snake draft with twelve people and you had a wraparound uh, with the last pick in the first round and the first pick in the second, like I potentially would have picked him up with that second pick or the first pick in the second round. He looked that good. 
uh, especially in a PPR league, had a lot of targets. Julio Jones gets traded. I assume he gets most of those targets or at least splits them with Kyle Pitts. It, it just the last few weeks, he's been dinged up a bit. He's had a few bad games. Let's see how they respond next week. But it, it, I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm concerned with Calvin Ridley right now. But uh, if Matt Ryan continues to play at the level that he's playing, uh, it doesn't matter how bad their defense plays. Uh, they, they're they going to be in football games. They will be in football games, and it won't be an issue. Tua played relatively good in this game, and honestly, he had a few a few errant passes that ended up getting picked off, four touchdowns and two picks, over 300 yards. Tua's not the problem for the Miami Dolphins. The problem is the defense. So they were scoring, a, they were on the lower end, of uh, total scoring in terms of NFL teams in an in a NFL game last season. They're kind of at the same level right now. The fact is, the, the, the fact of the matter is, their defense is just worse. Now, whether that's from injuries or what it's from, Brian Flores was a defensive coach for Bill Belichick. Why can he not figure it out? What is happening? They're giving up points to teams that they shouldn't be giving up points to. Their pass rush looks weak. Uh, and their secondary's been dinged up, so I don't want to blame blame the secondary 100%, but they just don't look good. So, And they're 1-6 now. So I don't understand. There's going to be some major changes for this football team. They seem like they're one of the head honcho, head front runners for Deshaun Watson, which you all guys already know I've talked about in a segment already. It's It makes no sense to go after that man right now and give up what the Texans are looking for. But... I don't know why they think Tua is. It seems like Tua is is the poster child for all of the negativity for that team, whereas it should be the defense and a little bit of the coaching. Moving on, the Patriots, Mollywop, the Jets, 54-13. to Mind you, the over-under was 42. I picked the over. Uh, the Patriots covered that plus 12 by themselves. Little quick note on DraftKings. The highest option for an over to take in that game was 65, and you were getting 13 to 1 odds. So anybody who did that, pretty ballsy decision, but it would have worked out. I, I didn't see it at the time. I didn't think it was going to be over 65, but. That's that's impressive. Uh, New England, four rushing touchdowns, two for J.J. Taylor, two for Damian Harris. And Mac Jones did exactly what Mac Jones needs to do. He was solid, good completion percentage, no turnovers, over 300 yards passing. The The thing that you guys need to keep, keep in mind is there's a lot of people going out and trying to pick up some of these um, lower string in terms of starters, like the wide receiver three, maybe a Jacoby Myers, maybe a Kendrick Bourne in fantasy. You don't want to go out and and pick up New England wide receivers uh, because Bill Belichick, regardless uh, if he runs the defense and think and you think that he does not have any influence on the offense, he does. And a lot of these play calls are driven towards the same way when Tom Brady was there. They're not driven towards wide receivers. They're driven towards the check down. And Mac Jones has proved in the first seven weeks that that's what he wants to do. He doesn't have that many throws down the field, uh, air yardage down the field over 20 yards. He's, he's bottom five in the league. I, I'm, not, I'm not taking away from his from his play and how well he's played. The thing is, is just you got to realize is in fantasy, that's very, that's very important. 
unless you get somebody, a wide receiver is going to get 10 targets, and Mac Jones is never going to have 10 targets probably to the same wide receiver or even the same running back. But if you got people like Brandon Bolden who doesn't get any rushing carries, basically, and catches only stuff out of the backfield, you're hindering yourself, especially for fantasy. Now, big win by the Patriots. Big win. They've looked lackluster the the past few weeks. Uh, they haven't been getting it done, and and Bill Belichick is probably hearing about it, to be honest. So, it's the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson left early in this game with a knee injury. Uh, I'll have an update on him on our injury podcast midweek. The thing is, is the Jets' defense is a joke. They are awful, and and I, they're not going to be able to stop anyone. How they beat the Tennessee Titans and the Chiefs only scored three points. Uh, this is this is the NFL. That is basically the NFL, right there, right. It's it, it, it's people playing like like the Arizona Cardinals blowing people out, uh, and the Vikings should have beat them, but missed a field goal. So it, it's just it's just an odd it's odd. It's very week to week in the NFL, which is why it's very hard to bet on it. And a lot of you out there probably do, and a lot of you out there probably are in the same boat as me, where you think you got a lined up winner and it just doesn't work out. Next on the list, the Giants beat the Panthers 25-3. Sam Darnold once again looks terrible. It's been four weeks now. The first three weeks, he was he was a, a, a good game manager. The problem was they were never in a situation based on their opponent that he had to bring them back or play in a close game. The past four weeks have all been like that, and he has been awful in all four of those games. He got benched for the XFL star, P.J. Walker, who I liked in the XFL while they were still around before they tanked again. But P.J. Walker looked awful as well. Their offensive line is ranked not that low, but they looked awful against the Giants. Probably kudos to the Giants for outperforming what they've been doing the past few weeks. The, The issue is... Sam Darnold doesn't realize, or he does, and he doesn't want to admit it, probably, but his bad QB play hurts every playmaker on that offense. The playmakers can't do anything if the quarterback can't get them the football. It's similar maybe to what we just went over with Mac Jones. You could have Kendrick Bourne, a very fast wide receiver, who runs decent routes. If Mac Jones ain't going to find him on a go route because he doesn't throw the ball more than 20 yards, what is the point? There's no point in, in running him down there. So he's basically either used as decoys or he's irrelevant on a play. That's why I'm kind of surprised that their tight ends aren't as productive as I thought they would be. So here's the thing. Is Sam Darnold is going to end up getting benched. Now the, the Panthers are now linked to the, the whole Deshaun Watson fiasco of these teams trying to pick up a player who could go to jail for the rest of his life. I... I, I uh, listen, you only have P.J. Walker. I don't think you have I, – I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Will Greer, the old West Virginia quarterback, still plays for them. I can't confirm that. But I, uh, Will Greer, once again, uh, dude, he's like a Zach Wilson. It's just it, – it, now it puts him in a real bad spot. You went out, you went out and got Zach um, – sorry. You got went out and got Sam Darnold, and now he's underperforming. Now what do you do now? Because P.J. Walker's always been a backup. So it's not like you expected him to be a starter. Now, he could he be at some point if he got more reps? Probably. I, we don't know. It's it's the unknown, 
uh, once again, the unknown of the NFL is the is the hindrance of everyone. It's it's awful. But Daniel Jones played well this week. Daniel Jones played really well this week. Now they could they didn't have that much. Um, they didn't have any, basically any opportunity or any positivity to run the football, uh, nor did the Panthers, honestly. Uh, so the Giants' defense gets most of the credit for this win, but Daniel Jones played good enough. He played good enough. He knows, he has to know that his seat is hot. He has to know it's on fire. So if he sits on that seat, he's going to get burned. So he needs to stay on his feet and constantly, and he made the catch of the year with the with the trickery play, uh, basically the Philly special, but the Giants version makes a one-handed catch. Um, the uh, running back gets the pitch. Uh, they pitch it to the the flanking wide receiver who throws it to him, and he makes he makes the catch. Great catch! If you guys haven't seen it, look it up. It was a it was probably the catch of the year, to be honest. So let's keep an eye on the Giants. They're, they they got back in the win column. I know a lot of Giants fans. They're pretty happy about it. You have to if you're a true fan. Your team wins a football game. You got to be happy about it, especially if your team's not that good. You just have to. That that's that, I'm a Vikings fan. I understand. So I get it. If you're a Rams fan, God bless you. You got a great team. If you're a a Packers, Rams, whatever. Packers, Rams, Cardinals, Cowboys right now, you guys are pretty set. You're playing pretty well. So let's just just hold steady. But uh, for all of us teams down here in the middle of the pack, we got to figure out how to get out of it. So great win by the Giants. Next on the list, the Bengals beat the Ravens 41-17. to Jamar Chase, is he actually the best rookie in the, in the league right now? 100% believe that he is, but... The better question is, is he actually the best wide receiver? Because comparable, the only comparable right now to statistics is Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's been playing well. DeAndre Hopkins, not high in receiving yards, great in, in touchdown receptions. He's been playing well, and the combo between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase has been has been lethal. Nobody thought that they would win by 24 points. Nobody thought that Joe Burrow would throw for over 400 yards against a stout defense in the Ravens. Nobody thought that. Now, the issue is is that Lamar Jackson's got to carry most of that weight in terms of rushing. So, 88 leads the leads the team in 88 yards rushing uh on with the most amount of carries with 12 carries. Uh the second highest rusher on their team was Devontae Freeman with 14 yards. You're not going to win football games like that, and you're definitely not going to win football games if you have less than 50% completion percentage. It's not going to work out. It's just not. And and this gives a, a, a solely a solely lonely Vikings fan like me a very, very good insight on how we're going to play the Ravens in two weeks. So, honestly, Lamar Jackson can carry the team as much as he wants, but look what's happening with Patrick Mahomes right now. He's trying to carry a football team, and it's not working out. That's the same thing that Lamar Jackson's going through right now. In Cincinnati, it looks five times better than anybody ever expected. So, to be honest with you, they might be the front runners in this division right now. And if they are, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to lose a lot of money because there's a really good bet on DraftKings that came out before the season started was it was last to first, I think not, was the title. It was every team that came in last last year would not come in first this year. Uh, And I put a decent amount of money onto this bet, 
and one of those teams is the Cincinnati Bengals. Next on the list, the Raiders mollywopped the Eagles 33-22. Jalen Hurts, if you can look his statistics up, if you want on ESPN, you're more than welcome to. Uh, disregard all of those statistics. statistics sorry. None of them are relevant because he had got all of them in garbage time. They were down 33-7 to with uh, 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. My issue in this whole game that we need to take a look at is you know that you know that Jalen Hurts is not at his full potential or what you think his full potential can be. So why is he leading the team in rushing? And why is Miles Sanders only have six carries? It makes literally no sense why Miles Garrett or why Miles Sanders, sorry, would only have six carries in this football game against a Raiders team that gives up a decent amount of rushing yards and big plays in the run game. There's no reason why that should be happening. There's no reason why that should be happening. And Derek Carr's performance in this game, he was missing his best tight end and probably the second best tight end in the league right now, Darren Waller. He was missing him in this football game. And he still had amazing statistics, led his team to a comfortable lead, and played the way he should be playing. So I can't you can't expect more from Derek Carr if you're a Raiders fan right now. He's a, he's he's playing as well as he can play. And their team is winning. And they don't even need John Gruden to do that. That he may have been more of a an an anxiety. He may have been more of a stress level for them on the sideline. We talked about what Josh Jacobs came out and said last week about how it's there, there's no screaming on the sideline. There's no peop, there's no one yelling at the refs. Everybody's more calm. They're more focused. If if Derek Carr can continue this type of play, the Raiders have an opportunity to win that division. With the Chiefs struggling, uh, the Chargers didn't look good. They were on a bye this week, but in the previous week they got absolutely destroyed by the Ravens. So they have a, a potential to win this to win this division. And if they do, I think they have a push to, to be decent in the AFC. Next, the Rams beat the Lions 28 to 19. The Rams defense is if you had one word to describe the Rams defense, think about it for just one minute. I would use opportunistic. So they gave up a lot of big plays against the Lions, and they were down early in this football game. Uh, early second quarter, Lions were up by 10. It was 13-3. to Their defense is very opportunistic, and they make plays when they need to. Aaron Donald gets one hand in the face of Jared Goff. Lions are driving into the red zone. Jared Goff throws a pick to Jalen Ramsey. Very opportunistic. They made a play when they need to. The Lions get that touchdown. It changes the whole outcome of the football game. That's that's it. That's what that's what happens, and they've made multiple other plays like that with it being multiple rushes against the quarterback. Whether it be poking balls out of receivers' hands that were open, fifty-fifty uh, ball knockdowns, whatever whatever that whatever that play is that needs to be made, the Rams defense usually does make it. Now, their linebackers have been dinged up. Besides. Jalen Ramsey in the back end, they're, they're okay. They're not top-notch, but they're okay. So that's the thing. How long can Cooper Cup carry this team on offense? Their defense might be able 
to keep them in games now, but Cooper Cup is about to set the NFL record for fantasy football points in a season. This Every time I look at this man, he's got over 10 catches, over 120 yards, and two touchdowns. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how good him and Matt Stafford gel right now. And it almost looks like Robert Woods is almost irrelevant. And Robert Woods was going high in fantasy drafts this year. He was going super high. Their offense right now without Cam Akers, they struggle to run the football effectively. They can be average, but they can't be better than average. Matt Stafford right now is not making mistakes. And right now, he is playing a a way above and beyond anything Jared Goff could have done for this football team if he was still there in in LA. So right now you got to call it a win if you're McVay for this trade. You got to call it a win. Jared Goff did not play bad in this football game. He made multiple good throws, just a few bad ones, a few too many bad ones. But the Lions come back and they fight again. They come back and they fight again. Lions have are winless through 7 weeks. No bye week yet, so they're 0 and 7. They were in football games and had the opportunity to win probably more than half of them. So it's very impressive uh, for what this football team is doing with how bad their roster is. Speaking of bad rosters, let's move on to our next game. The Cardinals beat the Texans 31-5. to uh, Texans probably in this game scored less runs than the Houston, Texan, or the Houston Astros will score in every game of the World Series. They will probably score more than five runs. So once again, we we've talked at exhaustion about how bad the Texans are, but but they're just they're just terrible. Da- Davis Mills is a joke. He's terrible. Twenty. He had thirty. He had thirty-two pass completions for one hundred and thirty-two yards. That's four yards a catch. What are you doing? Throwing screens? Stop doing that. What are you What are you doing? Especially since I told you guys to take the take the Texans plus the points in this football game. I and the Cardinals didn't even play that well. Their run game kept them in. Kyler was a bit off. They didn't have the yardage that they typically had. Now I am judging them pretty high, but they rolled. The Cardinals rolled in this game more than I thought that they were going to. I thought this was going to be they were going to underestimate the Texans. They would make it a ten to thirteen point game, uh, and then then just put it away. But Let's look at what the Cardinals look like in the next four weeks. They got the Packers, the 49ers, the Panthers, and the Seahawks. Two of those games are divisional games, and the Packers game next week is going to be pretty big for both teams. So that's going to be a big game. The Panthers are a joke right now, but even if the 49ers and Seahawks aren't playing well via their record, it's still a divisional game. Uh, And the NFC West is very competitive in divisional games. So it's not... It's never divisional games are always different than non-divisional games. They're always closer or it's better of a game than any either interconference or non-conference or t- teams playing from different divisions. The divisional games are always more important. Moving on, the Bucks destroyed the Bears 38 to 3. Brady hits 600 TDs passing for his career. That is a number that probably will never be broken. Uh, if you guys didn't see the video of Mike Evans, he caught that touchdown pass and gave the ball to a fan in the stands. Uh, pro- and he, then he realized it on NFL video that he was really freaking pissed off uh, that he did that, and they tried to get the ball back. Now, uh, just to divert away from the game for a minute, how much do you think that ball's worth? 
probably a lot of money. So that fan that gave that ball back, smart idea. If he didn't negotiate giving that ball back, not a smart financial decision. Definitely definitely should have negotiated something. So if he didn't negotiate something, he probably should have. They did give him another ball that wasn't that one. However, I would really hope, I would really hope that he got some type of money for that. Hold on, guys. We have entered Tyler Martinez dropping off some stuff. Some stuff that I had. He borrowed from me to go golfing today. He's, he's showing me his phone. Let's see. What is he saying? Is that Barstool? What is that? That is Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report says fan who got Tampa Bay, so got Tom Brady's 600th TD touchdown pass. Says he was never going to sell it. He was just hoping to golf with the QB. Now that's interesting. Now you got this needs to be monetary value. We'll get Tyler back on in a minute, but we'll finish. We'll finish this. Thanks for the info, Ty. I love the updates. Love it. Yeah. So Brady hit six hundred. Not, not a surprise. Game was over after a half. I got to watch. I didn't get to watch a lot of football this week. Uh, was doing a lot of Halloween stuff going around, did some did some miscellaneous stuff around the house, but I did tune into that game uh, probably halfway through the second quarter. Looked like Justin Fields was having a doozy of a performance. Justin Fields was awful in this football game, more than he's been probably since he took over the starting position. But it was, th- it was 35, I think it was 35-3 at halftime. Uh, Tampa Bay just cruised with the running backs, didn't really try and do much, uh, and Justin Fields couldn't figure it out. He was sacked four times, three interceptions, and two fumbles lost, three total. Justin Fields is going to be a continuing mold. He's going to have to figure out how this works. Now, we've gone over this before, and I know I've said it on multiple podcasts, but the the Chicago Bears offensive line is a joke. And his decision-making skills are a bit too quick. So he he decides, oh, I'm going to run quicker than he should because he has open wide receivers. I made that comment in the preview show about how the Bears wide receivers were going to be open at some point, but would he be able to hold on to the ball long enough to find them? The correct answer to that question was no, and I also said no. Allen Robinson opened on multiple routes. It, it, it's beyond multiple at this point. It, they couldn't get anything going. Their rookie running back, Khalil Herbert, looks amazing. Uh, he had another good game this week. But uh, a lot of that was was garbage time. They got up early. It was 21 nothing in the first quarter. So not a real competitive game. And uh, the Bears just, they struggled. And they've been struggling uh, besides a few of their signature wins. They just, Justin Fields just needs to calm down a bit, and I think it will all work out. Uh, but it's a it's a time it's a a game of time at this point to how fast he develops uh, and how much time they put in him developing it will depend on how fast he actually develops and gets better. Sunday night football game, the Monsoon Bowl, the Colts come out on top, thirty to eighteen. I told you guys, Colts plus the points and the over. We hit on both of those. Uh, didn't hit on a lot of others, but th- that was one I was pretty confident with. Uh, t- uh, Carson Wentz and and Jonathan Taylor play v- good enough to win in this game. Jonathan Taylor had a few fumbles. One he lost really early in this game. Carson Wentz only threw for 150 yards. A little bit rough. However, uh, the 49ers couldn't figure it out, so that was good enough for them to win. Defense 
Uh, stepped up big, had a fumble recovery and a few picks from Jimmy G. My issue is, is that Elijah Mitchell, one of the younger running backs for the San Francisco 49ers, had 70 yards rushing on their first drive. 70 yards on their first drive, and he ended with 107. What? That makes no sense. So you had that much success, and I watched the first drive. My girlfriend happened to be taking care of some work stuff. I had an opportunity to see the beginning of the football game. The 49ers came out hot, scored on the first drive. Jonathan Taylor fumbles. They come down. Uh, Joey Sly hits a field goal, so they're up 9-0, and they lose 30-18. Jimmy G looked awful. Now, granted, he could still be dinged up. However, why? The thing is, Trey Lance wasn't available. It looked like he kind of was. But then he wasn't. It didn't really. They didn't really say whether he was available or not, and I couldn't really tell based on the coat he had on if he had his shoulder pads on or not. But if if Trey Lance was available, I think Jimmy G's going to lose his starting role. I don't see a way for Jimmy G to to come back after playing. Now, granted, they did play in a monsoon, and it's Kyle Shanahan, so a lot of the decisions he makes offensively in play calling, as well as decisions in starting players, is a bit confusing. So I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure how this works out. But once again, Tyler with the breaking update. Devontae Adams is officially on the COVID list, and their game is Thursday night against the Cardinals. Now that is interesting. More interestingly enough, Ty, I have Devontae Adams in fantasy. Awesome. Same here. Awesome. Great. Awesome. So, yeah, update on that. Devontae Adams, people in, in fantasy, owners out there, d- beware. He's got to have two pos- He's got to have two negative tests 24 hours apart, and he's got to be vaccinated. So we don't know if he's vaccinated, nor did anybody release that. So we're going to find out in a minute. But to go back to, the, go back to the Colts-Niners game, there's a lot of things that happened in that game that were bad. Number one, you can't have 128 yards in penalties, which the 49ers did. A lot of them defensive pass interference penalties way down the field bailed the Colts out a lot, which is why Carson Wentz was able to only have 150 yards passing and them able to score 30 points with no defensive touchdowns. So one more thing that I want to bring up. what is Where is Brandon Ayuk? They drafted him last year. He was a great player. All of a sudden, all this drama happens with him at the beginning of the season where he's taking like second-team reps. He's not taking first-team reps. All he, The first few games, all he was in for was punt returns. What is going on with Brandon Ayuk? He had one catch for six yards and one punt return for eight. If anybody drafted him in fantasy, you are super pissed right now. However, like what, what, like what is happening? I, I don't understand. And the thing is, the Colts look good the past few games. Uh, which is going to put some pressure on the Titans, who are 5-2, and two, that f- maybe feel right now they can run away with it. I don't know. The Colts' defense looked like they were playing well. Carson Wentz looks like he's playing well, even with a lot of their starting wide receivers being dinged up. So, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect, to be honest with you. All right, guys. Tyler showed up. He came here right before I basically during the podcast with a few awesome updates via his phone, which is dope since he's sitting right in front of me right now. However, let's get him in on this. So I've got my Monday night football best bets. Uh, And if you guys remember, I took the over 
and the Saints minus the points this week. It's a little bit different now, but let's have Ty give us a little bit of an answer here. So, Ty, Monday night football game tonight. The Saints are at the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson is out. So, with Russell Wilson being out, still dealing with the finger. Actually, I believe that he got his the pin out of his finger today. So, there, he's looking like he's going to be able to be available week 10. So, he will be available right after IR. So, he'll be able to miss the weeks for IR and he'll be available. However, this week, we've got the Saints minus four. And the over-under is 41 and a half. What say you? 41 and a half total. Total. And then you got the Saints minus four. I took the Saints at minus four and a half. It get the four and a half changed since since then. But I, what do you? What say you? What say you for the game? I don't think there's gonna be. I don't think both teams are gonna score forty and a half points. Not both combined. Combined, I don't think. You don't think so? So you're gonna go with the under. So Ty's going with the under forty-one and a half. What else? What do you got? The Saints minus four. You got the Seattle plus four. All right, Seattle plus four. Interestingly enough, Tyler picks the opposite of what I picked. So I went with the Saints minus four and a half. Defense for Seattle is struggling. They're giving up a lot. Starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks is Geno Smith. Tyler, as a New York Giants fan, you know how bad Geno Smith is. However, the opportunity for garbage time will be there. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Marquez Calloway, going to be good players this week for Jameis. Uh, don't put it past Jameis to throw some a, a few picks in this game. However, I think that they're going to score enough to just cover that over, and I can't see them with the under. My rule, if I haven't told you guys this yet, you can use it. It's pretty successful. As if the over-under number is 42, always take the over. 42 or under, take the over. If it's 58 or over, take the under. That makes sense. So that's what I like to do. Just for a rule of thumb. Now, let's get into my player prop bets, the four best bets for Monday Night Football. So, if you guys are interested in making some money, if you guys are interested in making some money, let's do it right now for some player props on Monday Night Football. So, first one I want to go over is DK Metcalf, over five and a half receptions. Definitely going to have at least five, I'm thinking. Uh, At some point, Geno Smith is going to have to figure out that a that people out there are betting on DK Metcalf, so I'm hoping for a lot of wide receiver screens, maybe some slants as well. DK's got to be involved with Tyler Lockett still not playing at 100%. Next on the betting front is Alvin Kamara, under 92.5 rushing yards. He's more of an issue this year without Drew Brees. He's more of an issue in the receiving game, not as much in the rushing game, as well as them having a few backs that they can use in that system. He's only rushed for 100 yards twice this season. The other ones were way under 100, so let's go with the under of 92.5 rushing yards. Next one, Jameis Winston, over 1.5 touchdown passes. I see at least one of them going to Alvin Kamara, so if you want to double up on that, you can take Alvin Kamara receiving touchdown as well to score. However, I think Jameis is going to do that. They have no one on defense that is known at all, and if anybody tells me that Jamal Adams is a good safety one more time, he is not a good safety. He cannot cover. He cannot do anything but rush the passer, Uh, and the only people that rush the passer are D linemen and linebackers, so if he wants to take his title away, 
and become a linebacker, then maybe then then he'll be legitimate. However, J- Jamal Adams gets burnt on most. He, he's basically the he's basically the Jalen Mills of the Seattle Seahawks. Jalen Mills, former corner, but for the for the Philadelphia Eagles, every double move you run on him, he gets burnt. Don't understand how the same thing can happen to you multiple times, but he he loves he loves getting burnt by that uh that double move. So, and the final, I threw this in there to score Adam Troutman he's questionable to play this week if he plays a big target at the tight end position if he does not play Jawan Johnson if they both play take Jawan Johnson to score a huge target played basketball I think he played at Purdue if I'm not mistaken don't quote me on that Uh, but played basketball and football in college so uh, Jawan Johnson it will score if they both start. I would uh, take Jawan Johnson to score. Jameis loves him in the red zone. He's had a few touchdown catches of less than five yards, which is a lot to say, um, considering a lot of tight ends in this league right now do not have that. So uh, take Jawan Johnson to score. If Adam Troutman is playing and Jawan Johnson's not playing, take Adam Troutman to score. Uh, if they're both playing, take Jawan Johnson to score. So that is the picks. Thank you guys so much. Hope you guys win some money. We got a big week this week again. uh, Halloween weekend. Vikings play Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys in Minnesota. Costume night in the stadium as well as Color Rush. So we are going to be pumping uh, for the Minnesota Vikings to win. Well, I'm at least going to. Any Dallas Cowboys fans out there will not, but... You guys are entitled to your opinion. And if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, what have you? So, all right, guys. Thank you so much. Like I always say, please like, please share, please comment, please leave a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Thank you, Ty, for all the updates. Very fun surprise, Tyler walking in my house while I'm recording the podcast. But, you know, gave me some really good updates. I appreciate it, man. Hope you golfed well today, but we'll talk about that when we're done recording. So... Once again, thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, Injury and fantasy football updates this week. Uh, I'm going to throw in a special segment either Wednesday or Thursday as usual for our midweek podcast, Uh, but that will be coming up for all of the injuries that you may have seen from week seven. I will get updates on all of them and go over that, not only for your favorite team purposes, but also for fantasy purposes. So thank you again. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell somebody on the street. Hell, while you're driving down the road, all in man cave podcast. You know me, Cole hate. I'm out. Peace.